Hello listeners, I'm Dennis and this is last weekend in England for game week 12. I had prepared my material for game week 11 but just couldn't fit it into my schedule last week, but that won't happen again. Also, as there is a midweek round today, tomorrow and on Thursday, you can expect another last, in weekend, last weekend in England episode on Friday. With so many games in December, it's hard to follow up with the Premier League, but this show can help you do that. Let's jump into the first game. The weekend started with Leeds against West Ham. West Ham won 2-1, actually Leeds opened with a penalty after it being retaken, but then Thomas Suchek and Angelo Bona scored headers to give West Ham the 3 points. It was a very interesting game to start the weekend with because I genuinely wasn't sure who will come on top. West Ham have been performing really well, but Leeds has proven that they can beat any team in the division. In the end it was West Ham coming on top, as the way David Moyes utilizes his players and their strengths for me is really impressive. I've spoken about it before, players like Kufal, like Suchek, like Balbuena, they're not necessarily world class, they're not necessarily the best players, but just the way Moyes does it, the, the way he's able to make the best use of them helps the team enormously. And in terms of Leeds, for the first few weeks look, they look like they can give every team a fight, but against West Ham they were completely outplayed. They, they had way more possession, but gave a lot more clear chances. And only Mejlia, their young French keeper, was the reason they didn't even lose by more. And just to prove how statistics can be used to gain advantage in your knowledge for a game. Prior to the game, West Ham was the second best team in terms of scoring after set pieces. After Chelsea and Leeds were the second worst team in terms of conceding set-piece goals after Leicester. And in this game, West Ham scored twice from set pieces. They are now joint first, and Leeds are the worst, with eight conceded goals after set pieces. But what can you expect when in your squad you have players like Andrew Ogbonna, who scored twice in three games, and Thomas Suchek, who scored three goals with a header after he arrived at West Ham, which is the most apart from Harry Kane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who are both strikers. So there's a lot of logic behind West Ham's really good performance. Their next game is against Crystal Palace at home, while Leeds play with Newcastle in Leeds on Wednesday. Saturday started with Wolverhampton against Aston Villa. Aston Villa won 1-0 with a late penalty by El Ghazi. That was genuinely the most aggressive game I've watched in recent time. I love playing football and as every little kid I've dreamt, I dreamt of becoming a professional footballer. But when watching these two teams just go at each other with such tenacity, intensity, and with such dangerous tackles, I sometimes thank myself that I didn't go on that path. Watching a game like that just shows me that all the talk of football is less physical now. It's just nonsense, I actually think it might be more physical. In terms of the actual football game, I actually liked Wolves more. They created more chances and Fabio Silva hit the post, which could have been the definitive action in a game of this sort. However, Aston Villa has been on the negative side of VAR's decisions early this season, so getting one positive is surely nice for them especially seeing them so happy after the game. This team is going through so much since the beginning of this season and hopefully this win can give them wings to another good streak. They're also back with a clean sheet. The last one was more than a month ago against Arsenal and that's their fifth clean sheet out of 10 games. But every game they allowed a goal, they allowed at least two. So if they find a way to concede less in games that they do concede, I think they can win even more points than they have right now. For Wolverhampton though, They've now lost 5 games this season, which is more than 18, 19 and 19, 20 seasons at this stage. While things don't look as bad as they could, because the league is so chaotic this year, without Raul Jimenez, the struggle will be real for Wolverhampton. They need to try to sign a striker in the winter. They also play Chelsea today at 6 o'clock, while Aston Villa hosts Burnley on Thursday. 
Next was Newcastle against West Brom. Newcastle won 2-1. Almiron scored very early goal in the 19th second. Then Daryl Furlong equalized in the beginning of the second half. But Dwight Gale from the bench brought Newcastle the win. It was a very competitive game. I say that both teams are quite equal. But Newcastle proved why they have more points and also why they won the game. They just have the better players. And to be honest, I really like them when they play 4-4-2. It does look like a really balanced side. Shelby and Longstaff in the center are good at controlling the midfield. And with Almiron, Richie and Joelinton, you have good players to connect and to feed Callum Wilson. As we, say, as we saw, they also have options from the bench. Both Murphy who crossed and Gale who scored came off the bench. And also we shouldn't forget about Ryan Fraser who's not playing right now. But when he comes back, he can be quite vital for Newcastle. And as I've said before, I'm not Almiron's biggest fan. But I have to give him credit for scoring the fastest goal for Newcastle since Alan Shearer in 2003. While he hasn't been on good level for them, I hope he improves because with him playing well, this side could be potentially even more interesting. On the other side though, West Bromwich Albion are struggling to score. They have only 4 goals in the last 9 games, with 5 in their first 4. Their expected goals have been 1 or above 1 only 3 times this campaign. And if they want to have a chance of staying in the Premier League, they need to score and create more. Here's what's next for these teams. In the midweek round, Newcastle visit Leeds United, while West Bromwich Albion visit Manchester City at Etihad. The big game of the weekend was the Manchester Derby Man United Man City. It finished new new and it was yet another boring derby this year. First it was United Chelsea, then it was United against Arsenal, then Chelsea Spurs. City Liverpool had the best first half, but the very boring second half. And now this. I guess playing so many games leads to these teams being very conservative approaching one another and being more comfortable with securing a point rather than risking it. But I also think there's another thing. Why is City always playing against United is, is as if they are an inferior side? I think that City are way better than United. There's evidence to prove that. And I just don't understand why they wouldn't come out and try to outplay them. Yes, last year their counter-attacking style proved to be difficult for the citizens to stop. But if Guardiola cannot figure out how to stop their counter-attacking style without sacrificing offensive input, who can? Early this season I spoke about City's offensive difficulties. And looking now, after 11 rounds, I can confirm those. When we look at Pep's time in City, in his first four campaigns, in the first 11 games, City had 25, 38, 33 and 34 goals scoring less than two in only 10 games in those four seasons and not scoring in only three games across four campaigns. This campaign, they have 17 goals in 11 games, they have failed to score in two games already and scored less than two in seven games. On the other side, United's defense, while being shambolic against RB Leipzig last week, was great against City. Who knows how they do it? Who knows how one game they can look so bad and in the next game they can actually look really good? Harry Maguire started in the center of the defense, and since joining United, he has played every single minute for them. That just proves that the captain knows how to keep in shape and keep in form. And you know, we gotta give credit to United when they actually play well. And this week, Man United visit Sheffield United on Thursday, while City are playing at Etihad against West Bromwich Albion. The last game on Saturday was Everton against Chelsea. Everton won 1-0 after an early penalty scored by Sigurdsson. That was a game that really surprised me with its outcome. And in all fairness, Chelsea were quite weakened. They didn't have Ziyech, they didn't have Odoi and Pulisic. And while Giroud has been in amazing form, he's a wildcard. He's not a player that Chelsea can trust on a weekly basis, in my opinion. When you add to that the early goal that Everton scored, 
and the defeat makes more sense. It was good to see Chelsea tested, they failed on this one, and they need to bounce back against Wolverhampton today. However, Everton needs to be praised, because they're not the first team that takes an early lead against Chelsea. Sheffield United did it, Leeds did it, and they both lost, while conceding at least 3 goals. I don't like it when teams play with 9 or 10 on the back, because it doesn't contribute to an interesting game. But 3 points against Chelsea is a wonderful achievement, and Ancelotti should be proud of his boys. He also should be proud because Everton just get, got their second clean sheet, first in 11 games. If we split their season until now in three parts, we can see that in the first four games they got four wins, in the second four games they lost three times and drew once, and in the third four games they won twice, they drew one and they lost one. So I would say that in the first four games they were way overachieving, in the second four game they were underachieving and now they're kind of starting to normalize and for me this is their level this season. While that, Chelsea only had 10 shots. Only in 4 games this season in the Premier League they have 10 or less shots and they won only one of those against Brighton which proves that they need the volume of shots and chances to get to goals. And as we said, Chelsea visit Wolverhampton today or Everton visit Leicester. First game on Sunday was Southampton against Sheffield United. Southampton won 3-0. Che Adams, Armstrong and Nathan Redmond scored for the Saints. This was one of the most one-sided games I've seen this season. From the first minute to the last, Sultan's advantage was so big that I couldn't actually believe how bad Sheffield United are. And for them it seems that things are just getting worse every week. I try to come up with a new way to praise them, but losses come one after another. And the only positive is that the other teams around them are not doing that much better. Nothing is still lost, but if Sheffield United actually managed to turn it around, it would be one of the biggest turnarounds in recent history and probably ever, because this is indeed the worst start to a campaign ever in the Premier League and probably the second worst in the history of the top division. Just to confirm that, I have to say that since 1931, Sheffield United are the first team to lose 11 of their first 12 games. The last team to do that was in 1931, Man United, when they lost all of their 12 games in the top division. Southampton are on the exact opposite side. After 12 games, which is nearly a third of the season, they're fourth and only two points from the first spot. And see, I don't think Southampton will challenge for the title. Truthfully, I don't think they will be able to challenge for top four. But they're putting themselves in a really good position for the Europa League spots, which would be an enormous success and development for them. And just to confirm their success as well, here's a fact. This is their longest run to score two goals at home, for 7 games since 1984 when they scored in 8 consecutive games. So right now we're watching the Southampton team, which is one of their best in a long time. For both teams, what's next? Southampton visit Arsenal or Sheffield United play against Man United at Bramall Lane. Next was Crystal Palace against Tottenham Hotspurs. The game finished 1-1. Harry Kane scored for Spurs. Jeffrey Schlapp scored for Crystal Palace. I like the outcome of this game because I feel that Spurs were getting way too comfortable with his playing style. This is the Premier League and while it might work on few occasions, it's not always going to work. However, major credit should go to Guaita. When Kane scored after a mistake, after the mistake, you could read how bad Guaita felt, you could see it on his face. But the way he paid his club back in the end of the game was sensational. That stretch of saves doesn't happen often, it was a world-class save after world-class save. And it was great to watch. However, Spurs have already played so many games this season and they've done so well on all fronts. They continued in Europa League by securing the first place. 
they are playing in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup and FA Cup is coming. Of course, they're first in the Premier League. Their focus now should be exactly the Premier League because with the league being so chaotic, one good streak could play a huge role in the title race, especially since the next games are against Liverpool and Leicester. So let's see what they're made of. We know what Jeffrey Schlupp is made of, scoring against Spurs. He loves doing that. He scored again back in July and he scored on Sunday. Spurs are actually only one of the three teams he scored more than once against. And also a little bit more about Palace. A few weeks ago when Palace drew Brighton, after not having a single shot, I said that I think that this team has loads of offensive potential which they're not using. And they've actually proven me right. Since then, they've had at least 10 shots each game, but their shots on target percentage stays quite low. The next step in their development should be more shots on target. But with this trajectory, Palace will soon be a must-watch team with the likes of Eze, Zaha, Benteke playing so well. And for what's next for both teams, Palace visit West Ham, while Spurs visit Liverpool on Wednesday, which is the big game of the midweek round. The next game on Sunday afternoon was Fulham against Liverpool. It finished 1-1. Bobby de Cordova reads scored for Fulham in the first half. And Mohamed Salah equalized late in the game from the penalty spot. I didn't think that we'd see the Liverpool from the Villa game again this season. But there they were in the first half. And the only difference from the, the game against the Villains was Alisson. With Adrian Goal, that game is 3-0 for Fulham in the first half. And there's no returning. Alisson was absolutely sensational. A keeper of his caliber playing for such a team, the champion of England, should not have to make that many saves in a single half. But he did what he had to do and was the driving force behind Liverpool staying in the game. Earlier this season I spoke how Fulham could potentially surprise a top team. And while they already did that by beating Leicester away, the way they played today was what I actually was talking about. Catching the team who was playing in Europe with such intensity in the first half is huge. And as I said, the reason they didn't get the full amount of points is because Liverpool has the best keeper in the world in my opinion. And just to prove how good Fulham was, Liverpool usually wins games against newly promoted teams. They won their last 18 such games, which was the second longest streak. So credit to Fulham. They also won 4 points in their last 3 games, which is the same amount of points they won in their first 9. This team will not give up and they will just get better. And what's next for these teams, Liverpool plays against Spurs on Wednesday in the biggest game of the week, while Fulham play against Brighton at home. Sunday finished with two games. The first one was Leicester against Brighton. Leicester won 3-0, James Madison scored twice, and Jamie Vardy scored his regular goal. This is what happens when you have two sides that create loads of chances and leave a lot of space behind, but one of them has a quality finisher and a great player in Vardy and Madison. If Webeck scores that first chance, we're watching Leicester against Fulham yet again, but he didn't. That's why I keep saying that I hope Brighton sign a scorer in January. I also think they need to bring a new keeper. Matty Ryan is just not good enough. I think that both his actions on Madison's goals were not good enough and he could have reacted better. Expected goals allowed of 12.7 and 21 goals conceded is too big of a difference to not think about upgrading on that position. After 5 games without losing, Brighton have now lost 2 in a row. They're 16th with 10 points, only 1 more than Burnley, but Burnley has got a game less. Only 2 more than Fulham and 4 more than West Bromwich Albion. They have the joint 3rd worst defense in the league. Brighton were looking like a team that can potentially challenge for top 10, but now they're looking like a team that will struggle to stay in the division. On the other side, James Justin from Leicester had an amazing game. 
He had one assist. He had the second most touches for Leicester with 84. He also has the most joint blocks with three. And he made 47 out of 47 passes. Justin is one of three players which Michael and Tillemans have played in every single minute of this season. He has the third most completed passes. He's second in shot creating actions only after James Madison with 28. He has the most tackles with 26, has the second most pressures, the most blocks and the second most interception. James Justin is having a breakout year for the Foxes. And what's next for both teams? Leicester play against Everton at home while Brighton visit Fulham in London. And the last game from this round was Arsenal against Burnley. Burnley won 1-0 after an all-goal from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Before we talk anything football-wise, I think it's worth to discuss the absolute lack of discipline of this Arsenal team. You know your team is not getting results lately. You get into a situation, why, why would you react this way? Why did Pepe react the way 2-3 games ago? Why do they keep doing these things that cost their team? Why did Elneny did what he did? Discipline is something that comes from the individual, but it's also something that comes from the group. And there are a lot of questions standing in front of Arteta because his players can't keep doing this thing. They just, it, they, they can't do it. I'm starting with that angle because Arsenal genuinely didn't play bad until the red card. They had the ball, they created some chances, which for them must count for something. Burnley are, Burnley are the kind of team who will use anything that the opponent gives them. And that's what they did. Vital three points for them and they're surely feeling way better than Arsenal. And just to confirm what I said about discipline, since Arteta became the manager of Arsenal last year, they've had six red cards, which is two times more than the second most. For, for Burnley, this is the first win at Arsenal's home since 1974. This is the first time Arsenal's lost four home games since 1959. This is their lowest position ever after 12 games. This Arsenal team is doing really, really bad. They need to be better, but how will that happen? Is the question. And their next game, they're playing against Southampton at home or Burnley visit Aston Villa. Now let's look at some predictions. First my predictions from two weeks ago, when I said that Chelsea will beat Leeds, they did that. And I said that Burnley will not lose against Everton, which they also did. So those were two really good predictions. However, last week when I was preparing for game week, for game week 12, I actually didn't do really well. I said that Liverpool will beat Fulham, which they didn't do. And my hot pick was that Brighton will beat Leicester, which again they didn't do. My predictions for this midweek round, my comfort pick is that Man United will win against Sheffield United and my hot pick that is that Everton will beat Leicester away. And now it's time for player of the round. It was in a round where a certain outfield player did something spectacular and that's why for me the winner is Alisson. Alisson was the reason Liverpool didn't lose the game against Fulham. He was spectacular and for me he was the one that brought the biggest difference to a single team. Alisson is the player of the round for game week 12. That's it for today. Game week 12 wasn't very exciting in terms of the football played, but brought some really surprising results. Don't forget that the Premier League is back tonight. And until next time.